Steve Street of IBM, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Service Innovation Podcast Series today. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got into being a service science innovation advocate. Right. Thanks very much. My, as you said, my name's Steve Street. I'm an IT architect, and so I work in IBM's services division, the global technical services, in fact. We're involved in the delivery of services to, well, to obviously a wide range of customers. So I'm in the business. I've always had an interest in involving, evolving and improving the business. I think services has tended to be something we treat as magic, that her- heroic and intelligent individuals pull something together that magically meets the customer need. And we should be moving beyond that. In fact, to be honest, we are moving beyond that. Um, so I felt there's always felt there was room for improvement to do, do it on a scientific and logical basis. Specific trigger for becoming a, quote, service science advocate, because nobody ever asks you to do that sort of thing. It's the kind of thing you volunteer for. Um, I was involved in several initiatives about, quote, industrialization of services, you know, moving things onto a more scientific basis. And as part of that, I happened to be in the Almaden lab in California. You don't go there by accident, don't go there very often, but I was, I was there. And I met several of the members of the Almaden Services Science uh, Research Lab. I was completely unaware of the existence of these people, but it just struck me as essentially a kind of radical idea, exactly in line with the kind of thinking I had had anyhow, that we should start to think scientifically and logically about services. So I thought, essentially, this is an interesting idea. Let's see what we can do with it. And we've uh, basically kept on pushing it, and it's not yet come to an end. I've not yet bottomed it out. No, I'm quite quite, uh, intrigued or curious about that. If you were talking about uh, service science innovation, where are we on the curve? We must be just at the beginning of really what is a radical transformation in how services are delivered, whether you're in the public sector or the private sector. Yeah, seriously, you're absolutely right, absolutely right. Um, I mean, people talk about computer science. I mean, there's an analogy here. IBM would might claim to have invented computer science, whether that's true or not. The the fact is it took many years to move from computers being interesting boxes with flashing lights to being something that people thought about in a scientific manner. So in in the same kind of way, with service science, I think we're really very low on the adoption curve. Um, if, if you look at I mean, there actually are a scientific study on the way things get adopted, and the mere fact that such studies exist is quite interesting. Um, and traditionally, there's a slow ramp-up, then things kind of explode, and then everybody does them, and it's all boring and history. I think we're really very low on that, uh, that curve. Um, <laughs> we're actually at the part where it's most difficult to tell where you are, because things are beginning to take off. And what we've been doing with the judge, or what the judge has been doing with us, that's probably a better way of putting it, is actually, I think, quite a significant step forward, at least from, at least from my point of view, at least in the UK, at least in Cambridge. Yeah, because you wouldn't expect to find a course uh, about service science innovation, and, and indeed so many students wanting to do it. We've just seen a presentation where people have brought forward their potential business ideas. Uh, they've come up in panels. An audience has voted on whether they think those are good ideas. They've had uh, advice from IBM, Nesta, uh, and, and others. You know, it's quite a privilege to participate in something like this. Well, yeah, and seriously, I'm, I think you probably meant a privilege both ways. It really is a privilege from our side too. It's, it's such a such a change from <laughs> such an inspiration. In fact, it shows that things are, things are possible. And a couple of those ideas really were uh, you know, quite. Uh, well, I was saying to Andy D, Professor Andy that some of those ideas would have stood up perfectly well against other research proposals, or research proposals he get, he he sees. 
Um, in particular, we are kind of expecting to see brollies being available for rent in tube stations in London or maybe just King's Cross for, uh, <laughs> in a couple of years' time. In fact, my advice to those students there would be not to rush too fast. What they have is essentially a brilliant idea. Well, that, that, that is a question. If you have a brilliant idea now, you know, are the doors open? Do you just leap ahead and do it? Or, or perhaps the IT might not be quite what the inventor thinks it is. There may be a lot of problems that they don't foresee on the way. Yeah, in fact, you know, there's always going to be a range of problems. Actually, historically, or put, put another way, my feeling is that in general it's not the IT. And I don't say that's because I'm IBM. It's not usually the technology that, that's the problem. The technology is usually solvable, whether it can be solved at the right cost point. I mean, Kevin Bishop, who you talked to earlier, has quite an interesting example with uh, TomTom, where the guy had the basic business idea and apparently had the basic business idea two or three times, and the technology wasn't ready the first two times. And so it was only the third attempt which made success. So technology can be an inhibitor, but actually, I think, generally speaking, it's not really the technology now, or increasingly will, will not be the technology. Um, but there's plenty of hurdles to get through. I mean, a key point I think Michael Lyons made from British Telecom, getting the ing- it's very easy to think you have a great idea and everybody will buy into it. And that's simply not the way it happens. So basically it's not just the idea, it's the team, it's the leader of the team. It, it, it's having the stamina and the ability to move the whole concept forward. I, I know that you like the concept of SSMEs. Tell us what those are. Yeah, sorry. That's, a, that's an interesting... It's the IBM logo for Service Science Management and Innovation. So it's kind of a logo that we... we we're quite good at inventing logos. But the, the idea of this logo is to, is to promote the concept of, of service science, service innovation. Service science and innovation, that's probably a good phrase for it. Um, this actually is an idea that, well, in my experience, goes back probably three, four, five years, no, not much further than that. And it, it originated as essentially this basic idea that services are crucial, important to our economy. And I think we've seen that again, by the way, in the uh, financial meltdown. It's become very clear that they're crucial for our economy and not always in a positive way. So the basic idea was it makes sense to look at this important part of our economy. Um, and do it scientifically. I think in those four or five years, we've actually come a remarkably long way, despite what I said being still really quite early days. And uh, this course, with its attempt to bring together you know, interdisciplinary, to, well, back, <laughs> make key achievement, bringing together people across Cambridge, key achievement, bringing a lot of students in, key achievement, bringing in quite significant industrial participation, and not just from us. That's uh, a great thing I'm pleased to see. Uh, you also mentioned the fact that you know so many students had opted to do this particular service uh, innovation module or course, if you like. Why did that surprise you? Yeah, I mean, perhaps, perhaps I shouldn't be surprised because services are so so important. But if if you actually look, and I probably don't want to sound critical of anybody, but if you, if you look, I think D- David from Nesta was saying earlier a relatively small proportion of our attention from the government, from investment, from research, goes into services. Now, I mean, in fact, you can say that some of the measurements we've seen are biased and services actually get more uh, focus than than some of the official statistics in research investment, for example. Uh, Services get more focus than those kind of statistics say. But the mere fact that there's sufficient ambiguity about the numbers to question how much investment is going into services, it says quite a lot about our uh, appreciation and understanding of services at uh, government, corporates, 
even educational levels. So you've got the investment, you've got the young people eager, if not hungry, mm. to think up these ideas and concepts and, and take them forward. I mean, how would you sum up the future uh, of service innovation? It's got to be exciting. Is it can do or yes, we can? Oh, it definitely is yes, we can. In fact, I think increasingly it is yes, we can. I mean, and I'm going to mention the, fa- the phrase web too, and I, that can just be a sort of euphemistic brand for new stuff on the web. But I think you're increasingly seeing a couple of evolutions. One is to uh, collaborative online models. But what that really means is people working together and nobody stopping them. I mean, if you look at the traditional hierarchy of a company, it tends to, very clearly tends to be there's the boss and the workers do what he sa- says. That's a slight oversimplification. But I think you're going to see that things like Web2 enable and encourage. It will be impossible to stop people being innovative. Do you, Steve Street of IBM, feel privileged to be on that curve, if we, even if we don't quite know where on the curve we are of innovation and service delivery at the present time in 2009? Yeah, I mean, seriously, the simple answer is yes. I think this is a really exciting time. I think this year, 2009, with the financial meltdown, people's attention will be elsewhere, and it will take them a while to to start having the confidence to thinking think new thoughts again. But, uh, yeah, this is a radical time. I think we're going to say two dimensions, interactive uh, collaboration. I also think, uh, probably this is wrong, a radical idea to introduce the end of a conversation, we're seeing a move away or a move to multiple sources of value. That's probably a far too obscure thing to say here. But I think the financial meltdown, if one thing it does demonstrate, is the limitations of the purely financial model. And I think that's a key innovation we're going to hear more of in years to come. Well, I hope you prove right and that individuals just get up and go with their ideas in the future and, and realise, really, the opportunity to innovate in terms of service delivery. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's really key and that's the really exciting thing. And I actually have no doubts that's the way we're going. Steve Treat of IBM, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge at Business School Service Innovation podcast series today. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's been fun.